Bonjour. It's nice. Ziggy, what are you guys doing? I am sitting here, chilling out, drinking my coffee, thinking of you guys, and uh, kind of just unwinding from the day. I didn't want to. Um, I don't feel like. Um, I don't feel like studying. Like I feel like I'm fucking overloaded or something. Can't get my. I can't get for some reason. I can't get my mind to wrap around the material, the learning material that they've given us, or the scenario that they've given us about sending a young woman to prison who's awaiting transportation to prison. I guess she'd already been sentenced or something. But anyways, and it's just a scenario for school. It's nothing real. But at the same time, it's hard to for me to like. I can't put what I need to say into words. So anyways, uh, miigwetch for listening. I see you guys who have listened to me. <laughs> Every last one of you. <laughs> I don't know who it is that's listening because um, it doesn't say. You know, it'll just tell me how many plays the post has gotten since I have published it. And um, if I seem to be unsensitive about anything I say in this podcast, um, that is my freedom of speech. And um, like I said, you know, the title of this podcast says it. It's TMI. Um, with Iggy, I am Iggy, your host, and um, I will speak. I will speak freely and directly and very bluntly, and um, a friend of mine named Rory Strange told me that I was brutally honest, and if my brutally honestness or my my brutal honesty offends you or comes off as insensitive, please do not ask me to take sensitivity courses because I have been desensitized since the time I was born. All right? Life desensitizes us or makes us very sensitive one or the other. Kind of like Victor in, uh, not Victor, Thomas. When he talks about pillars of ash and pillars of fire, you either touch, either you burn everything you touch or you get burned by everything that touches you. Um, so tonight, I am on page 118 of the uh, the Red Road to Wildbriety in the Native American Way um, orange book. Uh, let's see, last time we read that um, in our traditional ways, we never punished or yelled at children the way it is done today. We would always retell the story of life when children got out of line. And I'm going to move on from there, and um, it goes on 
to child rearing. In other words, child rearing is raising your children. Um, due to the devastation that alcohol has had on our people for, uh, what, over the last, what, 500 years? How long has it been since the alcohol was introduced to the Native American? Ay, ay, ay. So, um, yes, this is, uh, this is hard for me to read, you know, because it makes me sad to think about that we as women have no idea how to raise our children except for what has been shown to us in our own childhoods. And it isn't anybody's fault, man. Oh, man, is it a big mess, isn't it, though? Breaks my heart, man. But anyways, we are growing and we are healing. And in order to heal, we have to move on and forgive the past and pray over the past and learn from our past and love our past but not let our past control us but allow it to propel us forward or to project us forward you know that it's like a it's like a flutter in your chest man when you when you think about that sadness man i ask you guys to let that sadness be what that hurt, that pain, that anger, man, use that as a motivation to keep clean, to stay sober, and to move forward, man. You know what I mean? It can be done. It can be done. You can, regardless if you're way back in the woods, way back in the swamp, man, there is a way. There is a way, man. You know? And uh, you just got to trust in yourself because I'm learning how to do that too. I'm learning how to trust myself and allow myself to make the mistakes and not um, and not beat myself up for it. I'm trying to beat other people up for it, you know, because it ain't my fault. I'm <laughs> just kidding. Anyway, um, so uh, in the child rearing section of this Strengthening Families chapter, chapter 10, I'm on page 118, if you care to look. Um, there were a lot of things that the old people knew about child-rearing, which uh, were preventers of conflict. And you didn't have to go through the conflict to the degree we do today if the beliefs were built correctly in the first place. Everyone adhered to the story of life. And we've gotten away from the story of life and these traditional ways of child, of child rearing because of a different social system with different values dominates our lives today. And that is the European way of life. And we will call it European because, wow, that's where the fuck they came from. They came from Europe and they... couldn't kill us off so they just 
oof, I don't even like to, I don't even like to say that because it makes me angry and sad and just want to fucking torch everything, just burn it down the way they did us. But I'm not going to do that because I am a peaceful person and I will pray before I do anything like that. I'll ask permission first. Hey, I joke. <laughs> Anyways, let me quit being so negative. So, um, uh, perhaps you, the new moms and dads and grandparents, can find some way to combine or blend the best of the two social systems with the goal of creating happier individuals and families and communities and nations. And, um, that, I believe, is what we are going to have to do because, you know, there is no way of getting back to the traditional ways. There is no way. There is no way. Ay, ay, ay. My Lord. You know? Oh, gosh. So, continuing. There's uh, principles of conflict resolution. Uh, I believe... <clears throat> Uh, conflict resolution is, you know, how to calm uh, calm down a fight or de-escalate a fight. Um, and it goes on to say, our relationships and families will go through conflicts and struggles because it is, an, it is natural to do so. Conflict is a guidance system and a message carrier. Uh, it tells us which way to go in order to restore harmony in our lives. Um, we talked earlier in chapter 5 uh, about the fact that we can be in one of two kinds of thought systems, a fear-based system or a love-based system. Uh, Black Elk, called a fear-based system uh, of constant conflict strife, a black road. So, so this traditional native idea that refers to a direction of difficulty, not to race or ethnic identity, but as positive warriors on a red road journey, we must always focus on a love-based thought system that thrives in a positive mind. There are three negative ways to handle conflict in a fear-based system. These ways always lead to more conflict and unhappiness. Um, there is a fourth and more constructive way to relate conflict on a love-based road, which, is very, which has very different results for our families. So the first of the unhealthy way to handle conflict is to attack one another. This is the way, uh, excuse me, this way of attack uses fault finding and fixing blame. Like, oh yeah, well you did that, or yeah, how about that? And I know that um, in my past relationship with my own children's father, um, there was a lot of that going on and still is to this day. Still is to this day, it's bigger than shit, man. But um, with a little love, we can we can detach from that and just be like, oh well, forget it, and and walk away. If if anything else, man, you know, <sighs> it's hard, you know. Um, so if at first you do not 
succeed, fix the blame fast. The consequence the consequence of any attack is to create more conflict. So the more you poke and jab at one another, the more you guys are going to get angry and heated. And who knows, you might start throwing hands, as they say nowadays, you know. You'll get the scolding and, and how about that? <laughs> I'm just kidding. So scolding will come out of all of us there. No, when we start when we start poking at each other and pointing blame and putting blame and shit like that. So um let's let's get this right and scold in, in a different direction. <laughs> okay. And um and then there's denial. So this is the next unhealthy way to relate to conflict. Um, just pretend it's not going on. Look the other way. Tune it out. Sometimes the ego can build a good case for why criticism is not true. Ego. And as Native Americans, we aren't supposed to be egotistical. We aren't supposed to be conceited, right? Um, but this could be just a fancy form of denial. Denial is a dysfunctional way of handling conflict. Um, and denial will let you know that it's denial because you'll feel guilty about it. Um, once you get clean. <laughs> but when you're not clean, man, you don't give a shit and you won't even be able to see it, man. I had this... Um, I had a, con a conversation last night with my cousin via the, the Facebook, you know, and uh, boy, oh boy, I thought I was in La La Land, but I ain't going to go there, man. I felt I felt bad because he said, man, how do I go about getting the house down there and blah, blah, blah. And I told him, right? And I told him, you can come and stay with me, but you got to leave that fucking shit behind, man. That stuff isn't welcome. You are welcome in my house, but that fucking, that meth and that drug that you fucking around with is not welcome. You know, just because you love somebody does not mean you have to accept the destruction that they bring with them. You know, just because you love them doesn't mean... You know, we used to be tight-knit, he said. But you know what? Back then, we didn't have meth to worry about. You know, we were kids that were experimenting with alcohol and marijuana and popping acid. You know what I mean? But we weren't strung out the way we have become strung out now on whatever fucking drug that there is to be strung out on. Right? And nowadays, um, I'm going to say the new alcohol is methamphetamines for our children. Methamphetamine heroin, um, I think crack cocaine and cocaine and all that stuff is for the more old school people, you know, for the OGs and shit like that, because nowadays they fuck it with Gator and Molly and all of that shit, and, um, and that's way different from what we used to, what we used to experiment with. The drugs are a lot more potent and a lot more dangerous now, and, um, so, that denial, um, first of all, I'm sure you know that drugs keep us in denial. Um, it keeps us blind, it keeps us deaf, it keeps us dumb to the fact and to the reality of what is really going on within our family structure. 
you know, it might not be a very stable family structure, but it is a family structure. And uh, drugs make it that much worse. Alcohol makes it that much worse, man. And when you're fucking combining all of these, uh, you know, um, concoctions, these potions, whatever you want to call these drugs, because they're all made of something. Methamphetamine is supposedly made with the chemicals that you can find under your sink. I've seen other ways of making like really cheap meth, really cheap, real easy ways of making this meth shit that'll fucking fire your ass up right now, keep you going. But it is um, very dangerous. And why in the hell would I pass that information on to anybody else? Um, meth fucking destroys our water just like the way fracking and oil drilling does you know so um when you're clean and once you get like um going back to my little daughter's attempted suicide you know she did it while now that I was getting clean and um and it opened my eyes it made me realize you know what I mean um admitting that that I had a problem with, with the drugs that I had problems with. And being clean and then having her get mad at me. Like, we had this conversation and it escalated. And um, all of a sudden, you know, I was getting told off by her dad on account of it. And so, but I was sober is my point. You know, I was clean. My mind was, uh, I was coherent. And, um, unfortunately, the first thing I did was fall off the wagon. And I gave myself, it gave me, um, what is it? The fact that there was a fucking blizzard between Colorado and, and Minnesota. Like, that whole stretch of road that I ride from New Mexico to Minnesota was basically shut down because there was a winter storm going on and so I wasn't able to get out there in the first place even even though I had the money and so I fell off my wagon and shit and um so I ended up blowing travel money um on a pity party or on a, I don't know what to do you know on a, on a drama queen party, more like it, you know, and, um, so, so I, uh, so that opened my eyes, is what I'm trying to say, is that, you know, um, it opened my eyes to how much I had not given any attention to the fact that my family was hurting, and, they were hurting because I was hurting, you know what I mean, and and all kinds of other shit, man. And I was trying to, um, you know, I was healing, and I was going through some motions and emotions, and I finally had to learn to accept the blame that was mine, and not accept the blame for all of it, because. You know, in all reality, we each have a piece of the blame to accept. And we have to be strong enough to be able to accept our blame 
and not feel guilty for it. And, um, and then to move on and grow, you know, move on and grow. So denial can come. Denial can come in another, in, 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 you know, look the other way. I tuned it out with drugs, um, drugs and, and uh, street life, you know, um, and so moving on from there, the next one is withholding. Okay. Now here's a big one, man. Híjole. So the third way, the third unhealthy way for handling conflict is to withhold you can withhold the keys to the car money um your voice your presence all just to get your way that sounds very familiar to me uh like when your baby mama doesn't allow you to see your kids because you have another girlfriend or because you've um, gotten a job and she wants more money, um, or, you know, she sees you, um, she sees you happy and she don't want to see you happy. So she ain't going to let you see your kids. And it could be the same way for women who do not have custody of their kids and their baby daddy have it, because I know I am going through that shit up until right now. Um, and it's sad to say that, you know what the fuck, that's fucked up because, um, I don't even want to get into it. So anyways, let's go. Uh, worst of all, you can withhold love. Withholding is just another strategy of conflict avoidance, which is, never resolves a conflict. And it is also another strategy of abuse. So regardless if it's a man or a woman doing it to one another, or if you're doing it to your own children and to your own, um, you know, to your children or your children's grandparents, whatever the fuck, man, it is a form of abuse and it's fucked up and you need to stop that shit because you're an asshole if you do it. So, um, so those are three of, um, unhealthy um conflict you know that's that's unhealthy conflict right there um then it moves on i'm on page 120 now um embrace is the first is the first healthy functional way to resolve the conflict to resolve a conflict is to embrace it um, embrace means to work through the conflict, to relate to it, to lean into it. You know, um, you have to let that pain, use that pain, turn that pain into strength. In other words, when you lean into it, when you lean into the conflict, it's using that conflict to push up and out and forward. You know what I mean? Just push up and out and move forward. Okay, so to lean into it. We also have a choice to work through the conflict with love or with fear. 
All right. So we can use the tools from the love-based thought system or from the fear-based thought system. The movement we choose to embrace, the moment, excuse me, we choose to embrace a conflict, we should choose to embrace it with love. That is difficult. It is a lot easier said than done, but that's a good thing because you can always use that. You, you always got to use that pain. To, you got to use that pain. You got to utilize that pain because otherwise you're wasting your strength on on lashing out um crying um you know you can cry and 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 all of that in a healthy way but un, in an unhealthy negative way your body feels that and your body is gonna feel it to its very organs you know what i mean your it, it'll affect you physically that that um negative anger like if you mend the way if you mend the way in a negative way it's gonna harm you it's gonna harm you physically mentally and emotionally right so and choose to brace that conflict with love um it doesn't give me any um examples to give to you guys so um if you have questions you're gonna have to let me know that way i can look into it a little bit more because otherwise, right now I can't. I don't. I don't even have my own. You know, idea of what it might be. So embrace the conflict. Here we goes. Means to don't run away from it. Ay ay ay. Okay. So if you and your companion have had words, you may go off by yourself for a while. You may feel hurt. And your mind may be racing with all kinds of thought. But as soon as you've cooled off and an opportunity presents itself, why not go to your partner or your friend or your family and say, let's talk about what happened when. And it takes courage and neither person wants to be the first. And neither person should shame the other person. See, now that is um, the reality that we go through when we are recovering is that mm, addiction and abuse create a It creates an environment that resembles everything that you've done. So if you're here trying to get clean and stuff, you got to remember that your family member who maybe doesn't drink and, and do drugs is still living as though you are still drinking and doing drugs. Just like when she's trying to get you, like right before you decided to get clean and your and your family is begging you and your children are begging you and all of this bullshit is going on. Okay, and you finally decide to stop. But then that's where the tables turn because right now I'm clean. I'm getting clean. I'm doing program. I'm uh, practicing, you know, I'm going to sweat. 
I'm, I'm drumming, I'm smudging, I'm praying, um, you know, doing what needs to be done for my well-being. But if the family that has gone through all this bullshit with you does not learn how to do as you are doing, then you guys are going to be in constant conflict and that will cause a relapse. And um, we have no room for that. There is no room for that word in our vocabulary, relapse. There is no room for that because that's an excuse. So you got to make sure that when you get clean and your family wants you clean, that you guys all are consistent. We, we must remain consistent with each other, that we're all going to do this together as a team. And otherwise, it's not going to work. It's going to be one-sided. It's like, say when, um, say when you're, okay, say I'm going to speak from a woman's perspective and say when, um, when you're begging your man to, um, let's see. It's going to be one-sided if all the family is not on, not on board. It's going to be not even worth it. You know, that's where you're going to end up throwing up your hands and say, you know what, fuck it. You don't want to fucking, you don't want to fucking um, come with me to sweat lodge. You don't want to come with me to these meetings. You don't want to go to your own meetings because there are meetings for people who um, live with alcoholics and addicts. You know, it's Al-Anon and Alateen and those things. Those programs are, um, they use the 12 steps, but in the aspect of the, the family who suffers with the alcoholic or the addict, right? So if your family isn't on board and they aren't working their own program and they're just trying to make you work your program, you're going to fuck up. I'm going to fuck up. And it's going to be that same fucking bullshit, um, you know. So if your family's over there begging you and begging you, man, make sure, man, when you get clean, man, put your fucking foot down and say, Orale, this is what the fuck it's going to be because otherwise I ain't dealing with your bullshit. And then you're going to have to run off by yourself and be clean by yourself while they still live in that fucking old way of thinking that he's never going to change. She's never going to change. It's always that bullshit constantly. If everybody isn't in on it as a team, as a tribe, as a family, right? If a woman is trying to love a man and he doesn't want to love her back and she's throwing herself at him, that poor woman is going to spend her, her days trying to get this man to love her, trying to get this man to um, validate her. And he ain't going to want to, he's just going to, you know, uh, it's going to be an abusive relationship. And she's over there trying to make the changes that she thinks she needs to make in order to make this SOB happy. And he don't give a fuck, you know, he might not give a fuck, you know, but yet he'll keep her close and say, no, babe, don't leave me. I love you. 
chase her away and then and then cry that he hasn't seen his kids and come back I miss you and I miss the kids and pobrecita she's gonna turn around she's gonna go running back to the man who is her provider and for her and her children and she's gonna be the she's gonna be beat on like a you know like a stepchild and her children are gonna watch and his children are gonna learn how they should act uh, in a family unit and it'll be dysfunctional and so you cannot heal as a family if you guys aren't working as a family period so then it goes on to say it goes on to say okay so don't shame the other person mm. When a peace overture like this is made, keep the love-based system in mind and be sure to listen as much as you talk. You know, that's why when we go to talking circles, we pass the feather around. It gives, that, that feather gives, it reminds us who we are. First of all, it reminds us who we are. It reminds us of where we come from. And it reminds us how we should act. That we always got to keep creator first. You know, we always got to keep creator first and foremost at the front of our lives, especially when we are trying to heal, right? And um, that's why at Talking Circle, um, drum. That's why they That's why they use the drum uh, before Talking Circle begins. Um, I had the opportunity while I was in Red Lake to attend the Wellbriety meetings um, there at, uh, chemical health. And I thought that was the, it was the most beautiful thing I have ever experienced in my life. And, um, I was very grateful. I'm very, very grateful to, to, um, to be able to have experienced that at least once in my life, an Ojibwe tradition, an, an Ojibwe, uh, a new tradition of the new Anishinaabe that we have become, you know, that we are becoming. And um, I was very honored with that. Um, so, so when, so when everything has calmed down, you know, maybe after dinner, you know, you start drumming that, pull out your hand drum and be like, sing your song, right? And that will automatically, and guaranteed, that will automatically, <laughs> it's like, you know, when, uh, I think I kind of picturing it as like when um, grand entry starts, you know, <laughs> when, that, when, grand, when it's time for grand entry, man, and the drum starts playing and everybody rushes or everybody's like, oh yeah, I gotta get to grand entry. That's, that's, that's what it's guaranteed to do, man. It's gonna bring, it's gonna bring the little needs and it's gonna bring your equate to the room. And you guys are going to be happy. And you're going to feel like Anishinaabe. And you're going to be... You're going to be family once again, right? And that's where your opportunity comes to... To pass the feather around and take turns speaking. And allow your... um, Allow your feelings to come out. And allow your, your listening ears and your listening heart to take in what your family... And your family is going to be able to take in what you all are going through. And you guys will be stronger, right? So, uh, 
Um, so listen as much as you talk. And you might see, look, I just said that you might decide to pass an eagle feather or some other sacred object back, back and forth when you do this, following the rules for the talking circle, <laughs> see, and the creator is there with you. This is one example of embracing or learning conflict, learning to, or leaning into conflict, excuse me. So Sometimes um, a companion or a family member might confront us about our words or behavior. Because we love and trust them, we can make this, we can make an instantaneous choice to engage or embrace what they perceive and resolve it. Okay, so they, your little boy is going to be like, hey, dad, I don't like it the way you talk to mom. And of course, you know, shh. Our, our children are going to be the ones who are caring for us as we get older. So, you know, we definitely need to, um, we definitely need to listen to our little ones and validate what they have to say because otherwise it just continues. It just continues to hurt them or they will zone out. Have you ever talked to your kids so much that all of a sudden they get this blank look on their face and you know they ain't talking to you? <laughs> you know, they, they can't tell you to shut up any other way because because they might get smacked up or something and they might get a spanking. So all of a sudden they just blank out and they're looking off into the distance and you just see it on their face that they ain't listening no more, that they just tired of listening to you. It's because... It's always our way as parents, isn't it? It's my way or the highway, you little shit. You know, I'm going to spank you. Get your fucking ass to your room. <laughs> yeah. Or not. Or not. Maybe you just get mad at them and fucking clean up this fucking house and fucking leave and go get drunk. Go hang out with your boyfriend or or their new mom. <laughs> so anyways, um... So you got to make sure that you validate your children, you know what I mean? And that's what it says right there, like an instantaneous, an instantaneous choice to engage or embrace what they perceive and resolve and resolve it. You know, they see that you're being abusive with your mom, with their mom, and they tell you straight up while you guys are, are at a family talking circle, then be man enough, be woman enough to say, you know what, you are right. And. I will do better, my son, or I will do better, my daughter, you know, um, because it's difficult, man. You know, the hurt, the hurt is going to be there and we never really know what to do with it. But if we can channel it, if we can channel that hurt, then, then it might, um, it'll help us for the better. You know what I mean? It will really, it really will help us for the better. <clears throat> align your spirit um and intent to embrace the conflict i don't know how to do that and maybe it will say here soon enough so healthy rela relationships are actually built with conflict resolution mm. they are not built on expecting the absence of conflict because that is such a um, if you think that everything is fucking fine and dandy or like a box of chocolates or a bowl full of fucking cherries, man, you got to remember that those cherries could be spoiled. <laughs> Them cherries might be rancid, you know. <laughs> so nothing is perfect. And a box of chocolates, man, it's always a surprise. You never know what you're going to get, right? Could be, could be caramel, could be coconut, man. <laughs> okay. 
And um, so you got to remember in any situation, in any family, in any relationship, be it at work, be it at school, be it at home, even within yourself, man, there's always going to be conflict. You know, there's always going to be conflict. You just got to know what to do with it and how to turn it into a positive. And even if you don't, you can learn. Because I don't, you know what I mean? I don't know shit. <laughs> so um, let me see. I'm going to finish reading to the end of this because I got about nine minutes left. Um, let's see. The real basis of conflict resolution is changing yourself. Gandhi said you must be the change you wish to see in the community so if i want if i want my family to feel better about themselves i'm gonna have to um i'm gonna have to start changing my way of thinking my way of speaking my way of behaving especially um and 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 it's coming along slowly it's coming along slowly, you know what I mean? Like, cause I still got some attitudes towards towards certain things, excuse me, but um, but my attitudes are changing, um, at least on my side, at least from my part. I don't know about my kids' dad, and I don't know if I could ever face him um, in a, in a talking circle kind of way honestly, because there's some deep hurt right there, um, but I can, but I can detach with love and be like, and not ignore it, but just accept it, and accept not, and not accept that the way it makes me feel, like, I don't have to accept the feeling of belittlement that comes along with looking him in the face, <laughs> Because he's a big butthead anyways. Um, you must change. You must be the change the way you wish to see. You must be the change you wish to see at work. You must be the change you wish to see in your family. You must be the change you wish to see in your relationships. This is how we talk. Our talk on. This is how we walk our talk on the good red road. Um, so it says the eight strategies... Uh, or feelings of development. I'm going to get into those eight stages of feelings of development. Uh, when we are conceived, we first experience life in the womb. Ooh, and uh, children feel that. So let me keep on. I still got some minutes here. Um, it's like a being. It's like being in a cocoon, and we feel protected and safe. And the womb water surrounds us, and we feel connected. Wanted by, wanted and absolutely worthy of all. Then we are born into the physical world. Our first important experience once we are out of the womb is for us to feel safe. We still believe we are in the cocoon in order. And in order to maintain the spiritual cocoon, we need to develop eight feelings as we grow up. <clears throat> Excuse me. <clears throat> okay, so... These feelings are given to us by our parents, our family, and our community. If we get these eight feelings, then we are able to live in an interconnected world and live from the heart in life's challenges. 
And traditionally, each of these eight feelings will produce a pattern of thought as we grow up. The human runs its entire life on about eight thought patterns. If these patterns are generated by having the eight feelings, then we will grow up to be mentally healthy human beings. If we don't develop these eight feelings, then we will grow out of harmony and have a dysfunctional way of thinking. This type of thinking may be part of why well, some of us need to drink or do drugs. Um, in the 12 steps and the medicine wheel teachings, we learn to get these eight feelings back. Then we can develop a good mind and walk the red road. In the 1950s, a psychologist, Eric Erickson, taught about eight stages of development that the human being needs to experience in order to live life in a happy way. If we experience these stages, we are in harmony. I'm going to look into that, that dude, Eric Erickson. Um, we are in harmony with our needs. If we fail to experience these stages, we find ourselves out of harmony. Eric Erickson learned that these eight stages or feelings when he lived with both uh, the Sioux people of the Dakota and the York people of Northern California, the Uruk, Uruk people in Northern California in the 1930s and the 1940s. So these teachings are from our own native people about how the cycle of life works. It is important to know what feelings, uh, what, eight, what the eight feelings are as we sit in our family circles and work through our own relationships. This knowledge will give us different insight about how to look at people in conflict and help them to harmony. Um, I got about four minutes left. Um, okay, so on page 123. It gives us the stages of development. The first one is trust. The second one is autonomy. Uh, the third one is initiative. The fourth is accomplishment. The fifth is identity. The sixth is in intimacy. The seventh is gener generativity. And eight is integrity. Um, I'm going to read into this and I'm going to look into that guy, Eric Erickson, and see what he had to say. But, uh, Chimigwitch for tuning in tonight and for listening to this teaching. Uh, thank the creator for allowing me, um, the gift of voice to be able to, uh, come to you guys and share these teachings with you. Um, because as I read to you, I read to myself and it helps to know that you guys are there listening even though you are not here with me in the physical. Um, again, Chimigwitch. Be safe, max, mask up. Don't forget soap and water and then sanitizer, okay? Don't use that alcohol rub as a one step because you got to wash your hands and then you sanitize, okay? Remember that. <laughs> I love you guys. Be careful. Have a good night. See you later.